Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Rocket can. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Send the tweets, send the takes, at Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N. I've already told you about Juwan Howard. I already told you about Mark Turgeon. I can believe both stories. Yeah, I believe that Mark Turgeon probably brought up the banners and the Fab Five. And, yeah, I'm willing to believe that Juwan Howard probably told him he was going to kill him. Because the Fab Five, they're a close-knit group, and if you talk about the Fab Five to one of those players, you better be ready to defend yourself. And the fact that Mark Turgeon admitted in the clip that Marco Belletti has played a couple of times during the bottom-of-the-hour updates, and that Erica Herskowitz may play coming up this bottom-of-the-hour at 1.30 p.m. Eastern, that said that he talked, contacted the commissioner and contacted the conference, well, just because you admitted that you're a snitch doesn't make it any better, now does it? I can't guarantee that Turgeon said what he said. I can't guarantee that Juwan Howard might have said what he said. I'm saying I'm willing to believe both. Hearing a lot of talk this week during the conference tournaments. Hearing a lot of talk this week from coaches and everything. And I read a story. This actually bleeds into this. There was a person who was living at the vet for a couple of years. And this story you can find, radio.com, cbssports.com, the whole thing. Guy who was a vendor who had a concession stand in Veterans Stadium basically fashioned an apartment for himself on a cardboard or something like that, and players and players' wives would go and visit him and such from the Phillies and from the Eagles. And it made me think, of all things, earlier this week, where he was a guy that was well-known and he lived there for a period of a couple of years, and it's a different time. We're talking a long time ago before cameras, before security was what it was, pre-9-11, where yeah, you could maybe do something like that and live in a stadium the size of Veterans Stadium where you had a 700 level. Yeah, maybe you could get away with something like that. But there also has to be an understanding. If a person's going to live there for a period of a couple of years, as, as this story says, it's kind of the fact that security's got to know who you are. And they must just say, hey, you know, that's just so-and-so. He's cool. The players like him. Dykstra likes them, Dalton likes them, whoever it might be, Schmidt. They're all cool. Hugh Douglas is cool with them. Ray Rhodes goes up and visits them every now and then. He's cool. He's known. I know it's a different time. But that story made me think about this Patrick Ewing clip because I know national media loves to beat up on the Knicks at MSG and the whole thing. I'm not going to do what you think I'm going to do. Here's Patrick Ewing just the other day. But I do want to say one thing, though. They, I, I thought this was my building, and I feel terrible that I'm getting stopped, accosted, asking for passes. I, everybody in this building should know who the hell I am. 
and I'm getting stopped. I can't move around this building. Like I, I was like, what the hell? Is this Madison Square Garden? I'm going to have to call Mr. Dolan and say, geez, is my number in the rafters or what? That was after their win over Villanova, 72-71. I played that. I, well, I didn't even mean to talk about it earlier in the show. We ended up playing it earlier in the show. Pirino got emotionally charged, to say the least. Essek, I don't want to ask a lot from you here in this segment, but I, I do need to ask you to back me up. How emo- A scale of 1 to 10, how worked into a shoot was Anthony Pirino? Um, I actually didn't see it. I was I don't think I was here when he got. I'll tell upset. you what. Tom D. Celestino chimed in on it. He says he hasn't heard Pirino that passionate in quite some time. Not <laughs> since he ripped on 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 Mraz has Pirino been that worked up. And he got all worked up. And Essek, thank you very much. He he got all worked up. Said you guys rip on the Knicks. All you national guys. That's all you do is rip on the Knicks. You're looking for reasons to rip on the Knicks. And I'm thinking. Well, first off, I'm not always just looking for reasons to rip on the Knicks because it's become such easy fare because James Dolan has made it easy to rip on the Knicks. And also, Knicks fans make it easy to rip on the Knicks because anytime the Knicks even reach 500, I got people tweeting about Julius Randle being as good as Chris Bosh or better than Chris Bosh, like you people are Jim Irsay, and we ought to be hanging banners from the rafters over just making the playoffs when the Knicks get to 500. It's not me who makes people rip the Knicks. It's not just the national media. Sometimes you bring it on yourself. But I don't rip the Knicks in this spot. I don't rip MSG in this spot, and you mark it down. I'm not even ripping James Dolan here. I agree with Patrick Ewing. Maybe it's a miscommunication. Maybe it's somebody who takes their job a little too, not seriously, people, you should take your job seriously, but maybe a little too literally. I agree with Patrick Ewing. This is the one spot, or one of the very few spots, where do you know who I am actually works. There's a lot of places where it's not okay. It's not. You look like a... No, I, there's words I can't say on the air, but you look like an ass. If you're in a traffic stop, we've been we've known many, many times over. Do you know who I am? Doesn't work and won't work with a constable. High school visits. If you're one of those guys who go back after college, your first year in college, you go back and visit. You get the one, but after that, high school, old high school football games on a Friday. Do you know who I am? Is ugly. Parking and handicapped spots, basically anywhere that's not your own home, when you reveal yourself if you're a boss, an undercover boss, or if your jersey's retired. Those are the three places that I can think of off the top of my head where do you know who I am is applicable. Everything else, wouldn't try it. But in Patrick Ewing's case, I totally agree with him. I totally agree with him. And I'll tell you why. He's coaching with Georgetown Hoyas, getting ready for a very big game in the Big East. There's a lot of pressure on you to win. Georgetown has not been Georgetown. You're taking over for John Thompson's son. That was not the very best breakup. You got a lot of pressure on you. You're Georgetown's favorite son. You're one of New York's favorite son. You're getting ready to take on Villanova. Jay Wright and the Nova Wildcats, while it's not always what it's been, it's still a marquee name in college basketball. And if you're walking through the tunnels at Madison Square Garden, where you are where you know, like the back of your hand, you know all the nooks and crannies, you've been to the closet because you've been in the building thousands of times. Patrick Ewing practically lives there. 
and you have the same security people that are asking you for your credentials every time you pass and you have to show them, I got to admit, if I were Patrick Ewing, and I think you'd be willing to admit, if you were Patrick Ewing, you'd be a little bit bothered by it. It's almost the same thought of, think about your favorite diner in your hometown. If you live in Medina, Ohio, you got a diner there, people know you. If every time you got up out of your booth, the one that you and your wife have sat in every single Saturday morning, for the last 30 years where you brought your kids there after their baseball games, where you brought your kids there to have some breakfast before you went off to your baseball games, where you had great family conversations, sad family conversations, whatever. If you went to that diner and every time you got up, use the bathroom, pay the tab, whatever it might be, they were asking you to show a credential, you'd be upset. I know that you'd be upset because people get upset when you're asked to put masks on when you get up out of the booth. So don't tell me that you wouldn't be upset. You know I'm right about this. So if you're if you're Patrick Ewing, which I hope I haven't said Patrick Mahomes a couple of times, I'm sure I have. If you're Patrick Ewing, I take his I take his side here. Because if you're him, you've been there numerous times over and over and over again, and you have the same people asking you for your credentials every time you pass them. And when we talked about this earlier earlier in this show, a couple of people said, I think you discount how much people like to mess with famous people. Why? If you're a Knicks fan, if you're a person who's in security and you are a Knicks fan, you're a tried and true, blue and orange Knicks fan, you may have a problem with James Dolan, and it might be a warranted problem. You're not going to say that because you're working security at MSG. Why would you pick on Patrick Ewing? I'd believe you pick it on Stephon Marbury before I, I believed you pick it on, on Patrick Ewing. Isaiah Thomas, go right on ahead. Ask him a million times over. That's not Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing was one of the last good runs, part of the last good runs of real good, not not 500 good, where we start firing off that the Knicks are back at, at the end of February. Real good Nick basketball. You just There was Michael Jordan that, that existed. John Starks. Oakley, Mason, Jackson, Ewing, all that, Riley, real good Nick basketball. And, again, his his number's up there. There's plenty of guys that you could give problems to. Why would you want Patrick Ewing mad at you? That doesn't make sense. Even if you weren't a Nick fan, shouldn't there be a head of security that tells you, hey, New York loves this guy? He is one of the extra guys that, that we take care of here. More on that in just a second. Make sure that Mr. Ewing, if Mr. Ewing is perturbed on anything, make sure that Mr. Ewing is able to get back to and fro, wherever he needs to go. Pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, he's one of our favorites here at MSG. Because I do think that there is something to the fact that whether you're in New York City or whether you're in whatever small town USA you might be in, Corvallis, Oregon, wherever you may be, we all have a person in our community. It's usually a sports figure, but it can be anybody. Maybe it's a teacher. Maybe it's a business owner. Maybe it's a guy who was a high school football legend and then he became a business owner. Maybe it's the mayor. Who the hell? Maybe, it, maybe it's a war hero. Maybe it's a real hero and a veteran. Could be any one of those types of people. But a lot of communities whether it be the biggest one in the world in New York City 
or one of the smallest ones in the USA, in any town USA, have a person that they like to care for, they like to treat special, and it makes the people treating him special, it makes them feel good to do so. I'm from Cleveland. I brought it up earlier with Pierre, and I'll bring it up again. In the same parlance, Bernie Kosar can go anywhere in our town, and he really doesn't have to pay for anything. If I owned a restaurant and Bernie Kosar sat down, I'm sure Bernie, and Bernie is a very generous man and a very nice man, I'm sure Bernie would tip the waitress very, very, or the waiter, wait, the wait person very, very nicely, and they'd move on about their day, and that'd be fine. But Bernie doesn't have to really pay for his steak and eggs if he really doesn't want to. It's Bernie Kosar. We love Bernie Kosar. And Bernie Kosar's good to us back. He's a really nice guy. Anybody who meets Bernie Kosar, I have plenty of stories to tell. Plenty of people are willing to line up stories and say how great Bernie is, how magnanimous he is. The largesse of Bernie has no bounds. It has no limit. He really is a great guy. And they love him in Cleveland. They love him. Browns fans love him in Canton. They love him out in Youngstown where he's from. Everybody loves Bernie. Everybody loves Bernie. And it's not just the fact that everybody loves Bernie. They like to take care of Bernie. It makes us feel better that we have these people that we take care of in our community. And I'll be honest, Bernie Kosar lives in the town next door to mine. If he's hearing this right now and he wanted to come into my home and co-host the rest of this show with me, I wouldn't care. He can get on his four-wheeler, put on his Browns helmet, follow local safety traffic laws, whatever he wants to do, or he can go right through the woods because it's pretty close. I can do whatever he wants to, and he come right here to my driveway, come down to my home office, and he can sit here, and he can co-host the rest of the show. This is Bernie Kozar, and who the hell am I to tell him no? And it's the same thing with a lot of different people in a lot of different cities. It's the same thing with Archie Griffin in Columbus. Maybe Dan Deardorff up in Ann Arbor. Maybe Joe Thomas, both in in Madison, Wisconsin, and in Cleveland, Ohio. Barry Alvarez, probably in, in Madison, Wisconsin. There are people that we like to take care of. And so, usually, when someone pulls the do you know who I am, I roll my eyes just like you. I'm disgusted a little bit just like you. It's such a bad look. Usually the person's had a little bit too much to drink and they're just trying to find a way to get out of something. Do you know who I am is one of the ugliest sentences I think that we hear in America. But in this case, I think it matters and I think it works. And yes, a guy like Patrick Ewing, who is in the last standing of good Knicks basketball, just like Bernie Kosar here in my city, It was. We're hoping that it won't be like that for very long because Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns kicked some serious ass last year. We hope that they continue to kick some serious ass in the future. But Bernie was part of the last really great group of Browns football. And there are certain guys that we, we part the velvet rope for. We like to pick up their tab. We like to make sure they're having a good time. We like to get our pictures taken with them. We like to think that they think favorably upon us. It makes us feel better about it. To know that Truly good people. Now, I don't know. Maybe behind the scenes, Patrick Ewing is just a holy terror for all I know, and I'm not getting the whole story. But for good celebrities to be treated well, to be enjoyed by us, that's also part of our culture and also part of the fun. So in a very rare instance, i got to take Patrick Ewing's side. 855 212 4CBS, 855 212 4227. 
up next, I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl. But what did you think both sides really could do? It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS. A lot of people agree with me about Patrick Ewing. I'm glad. I'm glad. I got no evidence that Patrick – I mean, we all talk about the gold club. Who amongst us hasn't been? Um, but I'm glad people feel the way they do. It, it gives me it gives me a nice feeling. Even in a city like New York where there are very few large pinnacle figures in, the, in a city as large as New York. But I think every town, big and small, has – has a couple of figures or maybe just one that yeah you treat a little bit different it makes you feel nice to treat that person different maybe it's just an old man who's been going to the same restaurant for a long long period of time maybe maybe the the diner's been open for 60 years and there's gary gary's 87 years old and gary doesn't pay for i'm sounding like garrison keeler here talking about lake wolbegon there's gary gary's 86 years old gary you know gary lost his wife edna just a few years ago and now he's been coming in alone and Damn, Gary still wears his wedding ring and still sits at the same booth, and there's still a place setting for Edna. We don't charge. We don't charge Gary for his coffee. Haven't in some time. And every now and then, someone picks up the check for Gary, and well, you know, Gary's just a good man and he's a good father. And every now and then, his grandkids come to visit him. Here I am trying to make you cry over a story I just made up off the top of my head. A lot of towns have a nice Gary. Have a George. It's not always got to be Patrick Ewing. It's just, it's nice that, yeah, in a place like Madison Square Garden, where, yeah, the Knicks have been garbage for a long time, Patrick Ewing's part of the last great run of Knick basketball, that you treat that guy well. Teams that haven't been good for a long time, it makes us feel good to treat guys who are on teams, good teams of yesteryear, it makes us feel good to treat those guys well as fans. It makes us feel like almost we're giving back, even though they got the money and they got the lifestyle. And some of those guys may not be real good people in real life. Maybe they take advantage of it for all I know, but it makes us feel better to know that, hey, you gave us our last good, good memories, real good, strong memories of fun. This is our way of giving back to you. Team goes out there, maybe they struggle for a long time. The Saints were garbage for 40 years. Drew Brees shows up. They win a Super Bowl. There's players from that team. They never have to buy a drink in the city of New Orleans again or in the state of Louisiana ever again. Tampa Bay, the exception of a couple of years, garbage for a long time. That team wins their first Super Bowl. There's hardcore Bucks fans out there. I'm going to tell you right now, any member of the Cleveland Browns that wins a Super Bowl in the upcoming years with this current incarnation of the Cleveland Browns, if they actually go to do it, everybody's going to do it. Guys you haven't even heard of are going to be able to get free drinks and free breakfast just because they made us feel good as a fan. It's the same thing with Patrick Ewing. 855-2124-CBS. Heard all the opinions earlier this week on Dak Prescott. Didn't like most of them, to be honest with you. We had John Marchado on earlier today from The Athletic, and I was glad he agreed with me. And follow him on Twitter, at John Marchado. He's a fantastic, fantastic interview and reporter from The Athletic who covers the Dallas Cowboys. It's very hard to be a player for the Dallas Cowboys. It's very hard to be anything with the Dallas Cowboys when Jerry Jones is the owner. And it's very, very hard to be Dak Prescott. Now you are paid, because life is hard to be Dak Prescott, you're paid $126 million. And there was a study done by Awful Announcing, which is a fantastic website, 
There's an there's a study done by Awful announcing that that clocked of the major talk shows this week, sports talk, debate shows, daytime TV shows, how much they talked about Dak Prescott. I almost went out of my way because of that study. I went out of my way to not lead with Dak Prescott today or to talk much about Dak Prescott. I talked more about Bryson DeChambeau earlier today than I've talked about Dak because I didn't want to be one of those guys. And so finally I get to give my opinion on it because I've heard all this week, and most of it, I didn't like what I heard. Because you have two entities here, and both Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones and the Jones family, who's he's the general manager and owner, and you have Dak Prescott and his family. And people wanted to, to dredge up Dak Prescott's brother's tweets as if those matter or he should take $125 million instead of $126 million because his brother was upset that he didn't get signed. His brother got emotional. Welcome to the club. Family gets emotional over these things. That's why you're not supposed to bring those people to the negotiation table and you should probably try to keep them in the dark. It's not lost on anybody. Who the hell cares? His brother just signed the contract. It's not like they're going to take anything away because his brother tweeted something a couple of years ago about how upset he was with the Cowboys. That doesn't matter at all. For the Cowboys, they did what they had to do. You're not going to go back into the draft. You're not going to go back and look for another quarterback. You've already paid your money to Zeke Elliott, and you can cry all you want about buyer's remorse. Maybe you shouldn't have taken the guy in the top five. You can cry all you want about how he doesn't do what's needed to be done. Well, you were able to restructure a contract for three of your offensive linemen here over this last week. Maybe that will help out Zeke Elliott. Maybe Zeke Elliott shouldn't be wearing long sleeves. I don't know. Maybe Zeke Elliott just got paid and he got fat on his own essence and it's going to be something that becomes a problem for you for a long time. That's still not Dak Prescott's fault. And Dak Prescott, with $126 million, is being paid to be able to take that and still go out and compete and win. Even with Zeke Elliott and the contract that might be an albatross hanging around your neck. You got four you got four wide receivers on that football team that I think could probably be a number one on any team in the NFL right now. Your defense is terrible. And John Marshada said it earlier, and I would ter- certainly agree with him, that it was the worst maybe in Cowboy history. But I don't know what other decisions the Dallas Cowboys could have made. You got this guy in the fourth round. You brought him in. He's been a successful quarterback for you for a while now, and it's time to pay him as a successful quarterback for you. Well, Ken, he's not Mahomes. Who is? Well, Ken, he's not Watson. Okay, the only other guy who could be Watson is Mahomes. Just because he's not as good, maybe not as good as those guys, doesn't mean you're still not going to pay through the nose. This is the economics of the game. If you want those guys, then go find a way to trade for one of those guys. But you're not going to get those guys, and if you don't pay Dak Prescott, he'll go out and he'll get something else from somebody else, and he may still be able to go out there and win a Super Bowl because Dak Prescott's still a good enough quarterback who can get you to the Super Bowl. There are guys who are elite, and this is what we've mixed up here over the last couple of years, and I do think Tom Brady is the problem with it because Tom Brady has made us believe that what we see in the NBA with, with Jordan and with Kobe and with LeBron can be done in the NFL. Tom Brady has fooled us. That's how great Tom Brady is. He's fooled us in believing that that's possible, that that's realistic. It's not. Mahomes is maybe the greatest physically to ever play the position. We've just seen it. He's going to lose one or two or multiple before it's all said and done. He has the possibility of winning two or three or even more by the time it's all said and done. Other quarterbacks 
are going to have chances to win Super Bowls. Josh Allen's going to have a chance. Deshaun Watson eventually will have a chance. Russell Wilson, even though I know he's as angry as anybody, come on, he will have another chance to win a Super Bowl. Quarterbacks in all shapes and sizes and colors will put themselves in a position to win Super Bowls in the future. Everybody from Lamar Jackson to Baker Mayfield to probably Matt Stafford, maybe even Jared Goff. Okay, I'm not going to go that far. But all those guys, there's a possibility they're going to do it, and their last names aren't Brady, Mahomes, or Watson. And it's the same thing with Dak Prescott. I'm not to pay Dak Prescott. Why? Well, they paid Carson Wentz in Philadelphia and looked at, look at Carson Wentz. Okay. But he's not my quarterback. Dak Prescott's my quarterback. Well, they paid Jared Goff in L.A., and look what happened to Jared Goff. Okay, he's not my quarterback. Am I supposed to let Dak Prescott, who's a different person altogether, am I supposed to let him go because of those guys? No. This is what football's supposed to do. You're supposed to build your football team. As much as I've had problems with Jerry Jones and the way he's built the Cowboys, this is how you're supposed to do it. Find a quarterback. He found a quarterback. He was able to find him on the cheap in the fourth round, which is, you got to admit, good scouting by, Derek, by Jerry Jones and the Jones family. Able to find that quarterback in the fourth round, make him an entity, turn him into somebody who is a franchise guy that a lot of other teams, even though they might not want to admit it, would love to have Dak Prescott. And he would put them in a position to go to the playoffs and win the Super Bowl. Hell, if Dak Prescott could have went out there in just a wheelchair, he probably could have gotten the Cowboys to the playoffs this year, especially with the NFC East. With a fully healthy Dak Prescott, who's to know what they would have been able to do? They might have been able to win a playoff game. That defense, again, is terrible. But still, it's when you get a franchise quarterback and we blur the line between elite and franchise, there's only a few guys who are elite. But a guy like Dak Prescott, who's franchise, who's not elite, keeps guys employed keeps the ship upright, puts you in a position to win a division and win playoff games. And every so often, the ball bounces your way, you get the benefit of the doubt, you're the team that gets to punch their ticket to go to the Super Bowl. Or there's guys where it happens once and it never happens again. It doesn't mean they're not great quarterbacks so they don't deserve the money. It's the name of the game. You either have that guy or you don't have that guy, and the Cowboys need that guy. Because if you didn't have him then what was the point of paying Amari Cooper? What was the point of drafting where you drafted? What's the point of even taking Zeke Elliott? What's the point of any of the things that the Dallas Cowboys have done, or for that matter, any other team has done? If you have the quarterback, even if he's close, you got to pay him. Tom Brady's given us dangerous thought because he's technically not the breadwinner in his household, and he can take a pay cut. But for a guy like Dak Prescott, and Tom Brady's, by the way, has played long enough. He already has enough life-changing money and generational money that anybody with the last name of Brady or not the last name of Brady who's connected to Tom Brady into the year of 3,000 will probably be taken care of. This is Dak Prescott's first contract, and you can see by the reaction of that family that people were ripping on just how big of a deal it is to that family. And it's the same thing for a lot of these guys. They need that money. They're setting themselves up for the future. They're setting their families up for the future. They know that they're not going to be in this league a long time. They're going to retire. They're going to be 40 years old. They're going to have nine, They're going to have 50 years left to live. So while we like to compare Tom Brady with everybody and say, well, they ought to do what Tom Brady did. They have to do what Tom Brady did. Dak Prescott didn't get a 15-year head start before Tom Brady started to really take his pay cuts. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Up next, I'm going to complain, just know it's just jealousy, and... We say goodbye to the last of the truth-tellers. 
This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Speak now, forever hold your peace. 855-2124-CBS. And reminding you that March, oh, it's here. As John Rothstein would say, this is the month between February and April. And this weekend, CBS has a full court press of college hoops. Oh, man. Did you write this, Essig? Nope. CBS has a full court press of college hoops. All the action tips off at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10% Pacific, 10 Pacific, 10% Pacific, 10 Pacific with the Big Ten semifinals, followed by the Mountain West Championship. Then tomorrow, back to back to back to back conference championships and the Atlantic 10 and the Big Ten, all leading up to the tournament selection show at 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific. The road. To the Final Four has arrived. It's Conference Championship Weekend presented by Army National Guard. All this weekend only on CBS. I was thinking of Iron Eagle during that. Get to that coming up here in a moment. I sent. I, I was going to talk about Top Shot, and I mentioned to Essig. I asked him if he had ever heard of it, and he said no. And now Matthew's going down the Top Shot rabbit hole, aren't you? Yeah. I, I don't get this. So what this is, all right, I, I had to do this too. I had to do this too. I didn't know what the hell it was, and I thought it was a, I thought it was a gag. I really did. What it is is it is, even though it's hard to explain, there are highlights. So say Steph Curry has a three-point, right, three-point shot, right, and he hits, hits the three-pointer. There's a highlight, and that turns into basically like an a, a online card. All right, they're basically trading cards, except they're highlights. It's an online trading card style highlight. It's officially licensed by the NBA and the NBA Players Association, which is key in all this. So even though, like, you might have watched it on, you might have watched it on NBC Sports West or whatever, the Bay Area or whatever they're carried by, and they would own that content because they have a a contract with the Warriors. It's still licensed by the NCAA or by the NBA and the NBA Players Association, so you own that highlight. Even though anybody can watch that highlight, anybody on earth can go online on Twitter and watch that same highlight that you watch, but you own that highlight. And there are people willing to pay hundreds of thousands to now growing to millions of dollars for these highlights. I don't know what makes them special. I'm still blown away by it. But let me tell you a little story here, Essig. Okay. I want to tell you about a guy named Michael Levy. And I found this from the Wall Street Journal, at least what I was able to read before their their, their paywall popped up. Um, Michael Levy, who last September was scrolling around Twitter, and he wondered what NBA Top Shot was as people were wondering what it was. He became convinced. Now, this is during, of course, pandemic. Reminded him of cryptocurrency. Maybe pandemic day traders. We're still, remember, we've been talking about AMC and GameStop and all that stuff. Michael decided he didn't want to just spend a little bit of money on NBA Top Shot. Michael invested $175,000 over the next six months on digital trading cards. These are highlights, right, Essig? Guess how much they're worth now? A lot. I mean, I'm looking at this. this I'm on their website right now, and it's sold amazing. out. Like This man, let me tell you something. This guy, Michael Levy, 
They're sold out. They're always sold out now because now the, the secret's out. We talked about this like a month ago, and people were like, oh, you guys are late, and now it seems to have boomed. This guy's 31 years old. The digital trading cards, the highlights that this guy spent $175,000 on are now worth $20 million. What? $20 million. This no. is the Wall Street Journal. This is an accredited news source. Where's the value? That's what I just don't understand. I don't know. I don't know. And I'm I, I'm like, where? what's the end game for this? Like, if I own – because I've always thought about this. If I buy – like, I have, I have very few actual hard DVDs anymore, right? I got a lot of movies on my Amazon Prime account. I know if Amazon goes under, I'm just going to lose those movies. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I got Smokey and the Bandit, and I could turn on Smokey and the Bandit right now and watch it on my Prime account. But I know if Jeff Bezos were going to say, you know what, it's been fun, it's been real, but it has been real fun, goodbye. All of a sudden, I'm out. So it's not, like, tangible. And I don't understand how something can become collectible, but it's not something that I actually hold in my hand. Like memorabilia, an autographed Ty Cobb bat. That's something I can hold. This is something that's real. Uh, Used chewing gum from Randy Johnson is real. It's tangible. I can take it if I wanted to. I could hold it. These are highlights. And if you're paying hundreds of thousands of dollars, I keep wondering when the crash is. That's my whole goal of it. You're about to go down a fantastic rabbit hole that you can't even make money on. Let me tell you this right now. I have a guy who I know in the media. I'm not going to name his name. You know how much money he pulled in last month? Just off this? 30 freaking grand last month on Top Shot. And I'm blown away by the whole thing. Like, I, I complain, but I'm just jealous. That's all it is. It's jealousy. I never get to get in on this. You always hear the great stories of people who were who were forward thinkers, and this just seems to be this seems to be pointless to me. And it's somehow it's worth money. Like how's the NBA or how's the NFL and, and Major League Baseball not on this? And I say that sentence, I bet if I looked it up, there's something like the NFL has and the and Major League Baseball will have. Turnaround jump shots from Zion Williamson. We're talking sixty thousand dollars for this. And anybody can watch it. It's not mine. It's not like the Wu-Tang album where I have it and nobody else can listen to it and I could pay a million dollars or whatever that scrully nut job paid for it. Like, it's not like that. Like, anybody can watch it. It makes just as much sense to you as it did to me, doesn't it, Essek? It makes no sense. And I'm having issues. I think what I'm having the most issue with is the way that they're selling it on their website. It looks like you're getting physical packages, which... Mm-hmm. Given that it's all online and it's virtual mm-hmm. everything, I don't understand that. But the bigger thing is when you actually look at what their quote-unquote plays look like, it seems like they're selling almost dioramas that you get a physical diorama that comes with the online version of the play. So yeah. I'm like, if that was the case, I'd understand. Like getting a cool diorama of a boss dunk from kobe i understand i would put that up like that's worth a little bit of money especially if it's licensed by the nba and they made it look real good Mm -hmm. but just getting virtual plays i mean that's what youtube's for and like anybody could watch it but it's the fact that you own something that's officially licensed again this is licensed by the players association and the teams or in the league and so when you search this like i can search chicago bulls and you can find anything in there but everything's sold out so you have certain different different highlights, certain different packs, 
Okay, I can get one from Anthony Edwards here. This is a dunk from January 25th this year. Base set series, too, all right? Lowest ask, I could pay $43 right now for this. There's 635 listings. There is a rarity to it. So if I only have two of the official highlighted or the two of the official licensed highlights and there's a rare Anthony Edwards dunk or who's a guy who never dunks, whatever, then I have to then it might make it worth more. Like LaMarcus Aldridge, a jump shot from January 17th this year. Series one. Lowest ask is $180. Could you imagine if what I would tell my wife, Essek? I know you're not married. How I would get away with telling Liz, hey, I paid $180 for something today. You paid $180 for what? Well, you see, it's these packs, these these officially <laughs> licensed packs from the NBA. She, she'd divorce me. She'd leave me. Over $180, she would go, this is too stupid. I don't want you around my children. Goodbye. But people are making millions of dollars with this. And I don't understand it, and it's making me feel old, and I'm only 34 years old, and it makes me feel like my hair is thinning. My hair is starting to go gray, I know that. And it's just making me feel old and out of touch, and it's making me very jealous that I've missed the boat again. So I hope you enjoy the same rabbit hole I went down a month ago because get ready, Essig. You're about to spend the rest of the night on this, buddy. For real, this is going to be a long night. People start tweeting at me their success stories. I had a guy in the media, $30,000 last month. And I know the second I, I go to invest in that, the whole system's going to crash. I'll lose my ass. 855-2124-CBS. Been waiting to do this all day. Got to get to this. I think it's a very important clip to play. We say goodbye to a legend. Essek hit it. Utah Jazz lead 112-110. Elo will inbound far side, 1.3 seconds. Elo looking, looking, fires to Doherty, back to Elo, the three in the air, and good! He won it! Elo hit a three-pointer on the sideline at the buzzer! Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus, and he comes from Lubbock, Texas. Final score, the Cleveland Cavaliers, courtesy of the Cleveland Cavaliers and the NBA. Joe Tate was lost earlier this week at the age of 83. A legendary broadcaster of the Cleveland Cavaliers for 39 seasons, spent almost 39 consecutive seasons, spent a couple of years uh, in Chicago with the Bulls thanks to Ted Stepien. I know that maybe not some people who are out there listening who might be across the country maybe know who Joe Tate is. That's okay. The reason I wanted to highlight Joe Tate, while he meant a ton to me, he's a legend to me. I never got to meet him personally. I've only got to interview him once. He made me a fan of the Cavaliers. He made me a fan of my favorite basketball team. And, in fact, the Cavaliers are my favorite professional team or sports team out there, and that might be a surprise to a lot of people. And he made me, with how good he was and the truth he told, a fan of the team. And so it was appointment listening when I became a, a radiophile when I became a person who, who really enjoyed the art of play-by-play, when I tried to do play-by-play, when I did play-by-play to make sure to listen to Joe Tate, but even before that, because for myself and through 39 seasons, multiple generations of Cavaliers fans, it meant something to tune in at around 7 o'clock and hear, it's basketball time at the queue, and to get to do our Joe Tate impressions and to get to enjoy Joe Tate doing a game because he made us hang on his words. And the reason he did that is because the Cavaliers – through most of my life, have been a lousy, frustrating organization. And they're my favorite. 
And it's not because of the players, even though they have had some great players. Craig Elo, Mark Price, Brad Doherty, Hot Rod Williams to LeBron, and everybody in that cast of characters. They have had some really good players at times. But it wasn't them who made me a Cavalier fan. It was Joe Tate. And the reason because of it is because he told me the truth. And he told fans the truth for multiple generations. And I want you to remember this when I talk about Joe Tate. It's not about the legacy just of Joe Tate. It's the legacy of your local play-by-play guy. Not that idiot out in Norman or anything like that. Your local play-by-play guy, whether he's doing NBA basketball or high school basketball, that's been around for 20, 30, or 40 years, that knows your community, that knows your fan base. What is happening in play-by-play now is just an arm of PR. All play-by-play broadcasters basically look the same. They all have the same hair. I've made the joke many times. They all look like they're just Lego characters. But there's guys like Joe Tate or in my city, Jim Donovan and Tom Hamilton, who tell you the truth, who in a way, not to be mean-spirited about the teams when they're bad, not to be overly overzealous or to put lipstick on a pig, but tell you the truth the way you want to hear it in a fun fashion. And that's what makes these guys legends. And every year that they retire or, sadly, they pass away, it's another one gone from a different era that made us their friends and made them our friends and meant so much to us. If you have a guy who's been doing it for 20, 30, or 40 years, enjoy the hell out of him where they're still here because this business is changing, and it's not changing for the better when it comes to play-by-play. Big thanks to Pierno, Essig, Belletti, Erica Herskowitz. Chris Moore is next. I'm Ken Carmen. Have a great weekend, friends. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.